are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Wednesday, Halloween, October 31st edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, editor and writer at LeBron Wire, part of the USA Today NBA Wire sites, AP writer as well, and uh, former Blazer beat writer at the Vancouver Columbian. So welcome back to the show. It is a Wednesday, and once again, it is a day in which we wake up after a Blazers victory. The Blazers conclude their back-to-back to end their four-game road trip to end the road trip 3-1 and with a 104-85 win over the Houston Rockets. Just a dominant performance pushing the Rockets to a conference-worst 1-5 and record. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic with one of his best games of the season, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists in about 25 minutes of action. A very, very efficient night from Nurkic. And I, efficiency was a theme for the Blazers and their starting lineup. Uh, Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum both bounced back from having some kind of you know, subpar games offensively in terms of efficiency. And they combined to... Just shoot the lights out uh, on Tuesday, going 15 of 23 from the field combined. Dame had 22 points and 7 assists. C.J. McCollum with 19 points and 2 assists on 7 of 13 shooting. Dame was uh, spectacular from the field as well. He was just 8 of 10. He only missed 2 shots. So uh, very uh, good game from Damian Lillard. Great game from everybody. The starters, a night after they really got picked up by the bench, they returned the favor to the bench against the Rockets and really just dominated. So um, credit to the starting lineup. Once again, credit to Nurkic, who after getting in foul trouble in the Indiana game, came back in, in a in a pretty solid matchup. Obviously, the, the Rockets haven't been very good, but uh, Clint Capella is a very good center, and, and Nurkic really held his own and, and, and won that matchup on, on, when, on Tuesday. So uh, major credit to Nurkic. Obviously, the, the Rockets are in a tough spot right now. I, I tweeted this during the game, but I think it, you, know, you can't overlook how much that conference finals loss uh, really affected them and, and missing the 27 straight three-pointers, you know, kind of sucking the life out of you. I mentioned that a little bit in the preview of that game that I thought that that was probably one of the reasons why they've struggled so far and they haven't shown any signs of turning it around and obviously not having James Harden is a huge difference and was a big difference in this matchup for Portland so you know maybe it's not time to take it to the bank that Portland is better than Houston but right now in the standings they have been and and it's a uh, you know time to, to bask in this two and five or five and two glow that the Blazers have. They've been doing uh, a lot of fun stuff offensively and then defensively. They are really they've been really strong the last couple of games. They were in the bottom half of the league the first couple of weeks of the season and 
as of today, they're currently 10th uh, in the league in, in defensive efficiency. So they've done a really good job slowing down two pretty you know talented and strong offensive teams, obviously hard and aside, in Indiana and Houston. So Portland not only getting it with the offense, but getting it with the defense lately. And there were some bench notes last night. Some guys on the bench did have good contributions. Caleb Swanigan playing once again in place of Myers Leonard. He grabbed 11 rebounds off the bench. Nick Stauskas had 10 points. And Collins did not have as monstrous of a game in the scoring column, but he did have seven points, two blocks, three assists, and four rebounds. So a really complete game from him even though it wasn't necessarily a night to remember for the bench. But uh, credit to Dame and CJ for getting the Blazers going in the early in the early goings of this one. Jake Lehman hit an early three-pointer, which if he's really only going to play you know, very limited minutes, basically at the start of the first and second halves, uh, they, they need him to knock down some threes while he's out there because – as it looks right now, Harkless is not going to be back anytime soon. I, I just the Blazers are very mum on this, but uh, when they don't say anything, usually that means it's not good news. Uh, especially how after how many after how long this Harkless thing has been going, uh, and so I you know I'm a little worried about that, obviously. But you're going to have to get minutes from the wing somewhere, especially if Harkless is hurt, because you're not going to start Evan Turner. You don't want to break up that bench unit. We're going to talk about the bench unit in the next segment, but you you really need to keep that group together, I think, and Lehman is going to have to play to do that. So Lehman hitting a three in the, in the first quarter really helped get Portland going, and that's the type of stuff he's got to do. He's just got to hit the open shot. Portland needs someone to do that with that starting group because Al Farouk Aminu is teams just don't respect his three-point shot even though he has improved. Uh, teams just don't respect it. So there's going to be creation and he's going to there's going to be open shots for Jake Lehman and he's got to hit those. And so he did yesterday. He's got to continue doing that because the Blazers are probably going to need him to play because they've got to kind of keep that benching together. And We're going to be right back talking about the Blazers' most used bench unit, how they've been, how they've been successful on the court uh, so far this season through seven games. So we're going to talk about the Blazers' bench unit and how good they've been uh, in the next segment before we talk about uh, their game on Thursday against the New Orleans Pelicans. So we'll be right back. And we're back here on Locked on Blazers to talk about the Blazers' bench uh, how good it's been and, and why I don't think Portland needs to mess with it. Uh, and I think Yusuf Nurkic again showed why that they don't need to start Zach Collins or anything right away. I, I really don't think that that's necessary. And really the, the, the bench has just been so solid that you really don't want to break it up. It's, it's been very rare, unfortunately, in the past couple of years, in the first two years of the Evan Turner and Portland experiment, that he had a positive plus minus, and now you've thrown him out there with Nick Stauskas, Seth Curry, Zach Collins, and you know you have a pretty strong group out there. And you know they haven't been able to go to the unit that they used a lot early in the season with Maurice Harkless as well, which was a strong group that was outscoring teams by three point three 
points per 100 possessions, but even swapping Caleb Swanigan in there for a couple of games, uh, the, that team has still outscored their opponents. Obviously, they, they haven't scored the ball, but they've still been beating their opponents. And, you know, that matters. And, and then Turner, in addition to playing well with the second unit, has also been playing very well with some of the starters in the wing spot, playing with Nurkic, McCollum, Aminu and Lillard, you know, that has been a strong group for Portland. And and most of Portland's groups have been pretty strong. And, and I think that is really the, the 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 big takeaway is that they've had to go to a couple of different bench units now, given the injury to Mo Harkless, and they've still been pretty good with it. So uh, you know, major credit to Portland. Obviously, it's still very early and the sample sizes on these really need to expand before we can really definitively say what these lineups are and aren't. But the early returns, once again, are looking very good. And, uh, you know, just, you know, obviously you have to give a lot of credit to the team and the construction of the roster and the, and the, the front office for retooling their bench. And Damian Lillard went on NBA TV last night and said the bench is the biggest difference. And even though they didn't have the, the biggest night last night scoring-wise, when the Blazers took out their starters, the bench was able to stay out there and keep the lead and and help Portland stay in front by, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 points. So they're a, a group that the Blazers can trust to put games away. And I don't think that they've had that ever since Damian Lillard has been here. I remember his first season, Portland's bench was one of the worst of all time in terms of the amount of points that they scored. And now they're, you know, a very fearsome group. And it's not a group that when you put them out there in a 15 point with a 15 point lead and three or four minutes to go and they're playing against the, the starters for the Rockets as they were last night, you don't have to be afraid that that team is going to completely blow the lead, let the team back in and, and blow a game that the starters played well. And I think that's one of the coolest things that you can count on is not only this bench has has performed well, they can take care of leads, they can build on leads, and, and that's just something huge. And I think it's something big for, for Lillard that he's really truthfully never had. Uh, you know, the Blazers have had good bench contributors like Ed Davis in the past uh, you know he was a really great six man for them o- over the the last couple of years while he was here but there was really never a time where you could be like all right we're gonna have CJ and Dame sitting on the bench and we're not gonna worry about the lead if you're if you're the blazers and I mentioned this in the in the first week of the season when we noticed that Terry Stotts was no longer staggering CJ and Dame and uh, I, I think it's you know really a, a testament to the team's ability not only to retool and find some cheap options in free agency to work around the team that they have, but also you know the draft picks that they made. Caleb Swanigan finally you know going out there and playing and producing. Uh, obviously, Zach Collins doing a great job of that as well. And the free agent pickups have been a little bit of an area sometimes where Portland, you know, especially Neil Olshay, has been criticized. But you really got to give the Blazers credit for finding what worked from their team last year and kind of doubling down on it with the guard play and the shooting by getting more of it. So uh, 
much, much credit goes to the bench. Obviously, Evan Turner has played really well. He's been a key cog in most of these bench units, uh, actually in all of them, to be honest. So he deserves a lot of credit, and he he's really – uh, embrace this new role, and obviously it's not it's not that hard for him to embrace a new role when you're basically just being asked to take the have the ball in his hands more and and be able to finish more plays and use more possessions. So I'm sure it wasn't a you know a twist your arm discussion, but uh, you know it has been it has to be said, and I think I have been beating the drum just like a lot of people in this market ever since Turner got here that uh, the team has struggled when he's been on the floor and, and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, their plus minus is bad. And, and, and these were all things that were true over the past couple of years. But now we also need to say when it's true the other way, and that is that Turner has, has been a major plus for this group and has really not only taken the mantle of being a point forward and being asked to do something different, he's also been the leader of this group. He's he's obviously Damian Lillard's the leader of this group, but what I mean that we what I mean to say is he's the oldest guy on this team. He's the vet. He's the guy that sets the tone for this group. And the fact that he's assumed that leadership role in such a strong way and then also just been so effective for the Blazers has been spectacular. And if you want me to put a number to it, the Blazers have been almost 10 points per 100 possessions better when Turner is on the floor. So they've still been a a solid team when he's off the floor, but now when he's on the floor, they're getting even better. And uh, that wasn't something that we could say factually over the past couple of years. And uh, so we've got to say it now because it's the fair thing to do. And and I think Evan Turner deserves a lot of credit. And I think the Blazers deserve a lot of credit for learning the right way to use him. And, and I guess it shows, you know, that these things take time, you know, it, it's, there's no, it's very, very rare. You get the immediate uh, chemistry connection that happened with golden state and, and has happened and it happens sometimes, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. It's lightning in a bottle and, and it took time, but it seems like early on Portland has really found a rhythm. It's seven games in, as I mentioned, but Uh, you got to give credit where credit is due. And I think Turner and that bench unit really deserve a lot of that. So we're going to talk about Portland's next game. It is going to be uh, an important one. It is one that they have circled on their calendar. It's the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that swept them from the first round in last season's playoffs. So we're going to talk about that, what it means to this Blazers team, and what to expect from the Pelicans when they come to Portland tomorrow night. And we're back for our final segment here of Locked on Blazers. The Blazers are facing the New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday at home, a nationally televised game that's going to be a TNT tip-off, 7.30 local time here in Portland. So for those of you Blazers fans outside of the market, you'll be able to watch that one. Uh, If you have cable... or you know, it's all you know. If you find it through other means, it's still fun to have the TNT broadcast and you know have the the nice views of Portland and all that stuff. It's always fun uh, when TNT comes to town, and this game is going to be a shootout. Uh, that's one thing I can definitely say. Obviously, the, the first thought is the playoff series, but uh, this game is going to be a shootout, and I think Portland has a little bit more firepower this time around to be able to keep up in a, a shootout type of game. Uh, 
Portland has started five and two, and New Orleans is four and two. They lost their last couple of games, but this is two of the three best offenses right now in the league. The the Pelicans have the third rank off ranked offense, and Portland had the second ranked offense coming in, and so or and now they have the fifth ranked offense. So we're having the third best offense, excuse me, the third best offense and the fifth best offense in Portland, and the the pace is going to be at a ratcheted pace in this one because. New Orleans plays the third fastest pace in the league, so Portland is is ready to play with more pace. They've been playing with more pace, but even still, New Orleans' pace is fast, even compared to the fast pace that is basically happening all over the league. And they obviously have Anthony Davis. That is the number one most important assignment for the Blazers and the number one toughest matchup for them. Uh, I... I, I really think they're going to have to play a lot of Zach Collins against Anthony Davis, frankly. Obviously, that's not a great matchup either, but, uh, well, you know, it, it probably is better than Nur- it is better than Nurkic, uh, and I think it's better than Aminu because I think Davis is just too big for Aminu, and, and Collins might be the only guy that has the, the, the length and the, the height and, and the, the defensive instincts and skill and the quick feet and all those things. To handle Davis. So uh, I, I think we are going to see a, a, a game where Zach Collins probably plays a little bit more than Nurkic, which isn't isn't rare. Uh, and just because I think you're going to have to throw a lot of guys at Davis, but then the other problem is his foul trouble. What happens if Collins gets in foul trouble? Who goes in there? Who guards him? It, it, all of the problems come with Davis, and uh, that hasn't changed. There have been some changes to the Pelicans roster, however. They added Julius Randle, who uh, is a very good, versatile player, can really handle the ball, uh, has improved as a defender, has improved as an offensive player, can really work a two-man game with Anthony Davis. So that's going to be something for Portland to watch out for is, is Randall's play. Alfred Payton is is with the the Pelicans now, kind of trying – they're trying to put him into the Rondo role, which is – uh, you know he's not Rondo, but uh, he has shown that he's you know, can be a capable player. So th- this Pelicans team is good. They started out really well, but they have had two back-to-back losses against some pretty solid teams. They lost by a lot to the Clippers, and then they lost to the Jazz. So uh, th- this is going to be a team looking to get back on the on the right track because they started 4-0 and they were setting the league on fire in the first couple of weeks with the best offense in the league. They've slowed down a little bit and it'll be really interesting to see for Portland to see kind of where they are and where they stack up against this team because of how badly they beat them. Uh, Joe Freeman just had a really good article go up on Oregon Live about the Blazers and how they're looking at this game uh, and how... They're, they've circled it on the calendar. Damian Lillard even told Joe that that they've had that game circled, and his quote was, "They can't have last year back, but uh, they can, you know, have a little bit of a nice feeling of revenge." And they've had that game circled, so it, it's definitely going to be more than just a regular season game for the Blazers. And I just want to make a small correction. I talked about the Pelicans losing to the. Clippers, they actually lost to Denver. So uh, just a quick correction there. But uh, the point remains that Portland has this game circled. They have wanted to play this game for probably ever since they started training camp or maybe even since the schedule came out, they probably had that game circled. So 
this should be a really fun game. There's going to be a little bit more emotion for Portland, at least, uh, in this game, I think. And I think it's going to be really fun to to watch. So uh, I'm excited that it's going to be a national TV game. Uh, that obviously brings a little bit more added excitement to it for both sides because everyone knows that everyone's watching this game. So that's your, your, your Pelicans matchup as far as the game plan is concerned. There's not really a whole lot other than try to hope Anthony Davis slows down and and, and hope that the changes that Portland's made uh, can help shake them loose offensively to keep pace with a really, really high-octane Pelicans group that wants to play fast, wants to shoot threes, and has maybe the most dominant two-way player in the league. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Blazers. Subscribe, leave a review. We're going to be back after Thursday's game with another podcast. So uh, really appreciate all you listening, uh, and and thank you for sticking with us through the offseason. But now we're, we're back in the rhythm of it. So uh, keep it locked, and we will be back very soon with more Locked On Blazers as the Blazers uh, continue to win in this early season. So we'll be back on Friday.